Welcome to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast, where it is our mission to debunk the lies of the enemy and announce freedom to those still lost in the darkness and addiction. Welcome to another episode of the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare. I'm joined with my beautiful co-host, Stacy Leggett. Hi. And one of my very good, close, personal friends, Robbie, the prayer cloth, fair cloth. Hey. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm blessed, man. Awesome. The first thing I want to talk about is last night. Uh, last night, the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare team had a meeting, and we had decided to do a cold plunge. Danny, can you describe the cold plunge and the benefits of it and how long you've been doing it and what it all entails? Yeah, no problem. Um, Danny, alcoholic. Um <laughs> glad you're here glad you're here yeah. keep coming back uh no it's uh uh so the the purpose of it for me is it's more mental than physical mm-hmm. although it does have uh, a, quite a few physical benefits as far as you know uh it helps with achy muscles and mm-hmm. you know i'm getting i'm pushing 40 so um you know i'm getting to that stage where things start to ache uh, and it helps that a lot, but the most, the the largest benefit that I get from it, it's it's forcing myself to do that hard thing that I hate doing mm-hmm. and I don't want to do. And what it does is, uh, you train yourself to push through that uncomfortability mm-hmm. and to push through those hard things in life. So what I learn and what I've trained myself in the in the cold plunge. I then take that out and and that applies to me and my life throughout the rest of the day. And one perfect example, I'm not a fan of going to the gym. I hate going to the gym. <laughs> right, right. Like it's not my thing. But through the cold plunge, I've trained myself to do that thing that really sucks but I know is good for me. Yeah. And the longer you do it, the better you become. It's it's a practice. And uh last night was I think uh my 289th day in a row to do wow. it. Wow. Um, so let it's, me, let it's me, good stuff. Let me describe what I got out of it, okay? All right. <laughs> and, you know, I was a full-on heroin and amphetamine user for quite some time. Ivy. And um, so getting into it, getting into the actual water, was my body was immediately telling me to get out. But <laughs> after, okay, so... Danny, you might as well be like a Lamaze teacher, like on your part time, because if, had you not been standing there telling me to watch my breathing and to get my breathing under control, I, I know I would have went into full on hyperventilation. Yeah, it's because there's a good reason for that. It's because <laughs> your body, <laughs> you your body is literally telling you, "I'm going to die," right? <laughs> and it's sending out all sorts of chemicals, activating all sorts of cold shock proteins. Right. To get you out of danger. Okay. Right. That's what it's doing. So getting past that, and uh, once I settled in, I guess I could say probably around the third, uh, getting close to the third minute, I, I, I couldn't express this uh, after the fact, but... Because you couldn't I, speak. Right. I, couldn't, <laughs> I could not speak. And um, so the, the, the endorphin rush I got from it was insane. Mm-hmm. So I can compare that to the endorphin rush that I got when I would do a shot. Yeah. And, but, but it was clean. 
right. and natural. You right. know, it didn't involve a lot of chemicals that Satan put together to inject demon blood into me. Right. And so I got a clean endorphin rush, and then aside from that, all of my uh, uh, my le- Stacy described. She put it into perfect words. Uh, was like. My legs and my arms and parts of my back felt like it was being massaged for a good 45 minutes, yep. at least. And I think it's really good for people. I mean, it's good for anyone everywhere. But, you know, for those of us who are in recovery, because it, learning to tolerate uncomfortable emotions, Amen. and that's a big deal. Like, we went decades, some of us, like, oop, don't like that, mm. cashing out, you know. Mm. And so to, to, to have a practice of, of allowing yourself, forcing yourself to sit in that, that the thing that's uncomfortable when the hard day comes when the trigger comes when the heartbreak comes you know you're you're more able to tell yourself okay just breathe okay it, just right. breathe, pass you know bingo this will pass and uh so that's that's basically what I, what i got out of it and not only that but uh you know i had a foot injury um a week ago and i had a back injury two days ago where i pulled a, i pulled a muscle really bad in my back and um uh, all the just about all the bruising and swelling that was in my foot that was you know left from that, and my back is pretty much taken care of. Like yeah. I, and I and I slept so good. Right. So that's what I took away from it. I mean, I, and I will do it again. So everybody, go right. fill your bathtubs up with ice. Yes. Yeah. 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 Buy you a deep <laughs> yeah. freeze, inflate yeah. it, plug that thing in. I know it's really cold outside. Go, go live. for it. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the comments we got on that thing. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. So, um. Anything you want to add to that? What you got out of it last night? I think you did a great job. Awesome. Okay. All right. So here we are with Robbie Faircloth, my buddy. (laughs) um, So, Robbie, how are you? Man, I am blessed. Uh, Just to touch on y'all's ice water bath. It's amazing how (laughs) how a Uh few years ago it was the ice bucket challenge. Now everybody's doing an ice bath. We graduated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with a hot shower. Yeah. I really am. I mean, I get pretty clean, but. Yeah. Uh, no, man, that's, I mean, I'll have to take y'all's word for it. Well, we could go, we could go live again. Yeah, yeah. something that Bradley said during during the live I noticed last night, because I watched it about five times after I got home laughing my butt off. But uh, he he said, you know, you know, we used to do a lot of drugs, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, well, this is this is what drug addicts do now when, you know, after they get clean is, well, we fill up freezers. Yeah. We, we torture up, ourselves we, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We fill up freezers with water in the, yes. in, the in the middle of winter and 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 walk into it. Hey, we were done. It was a heck of a Friday night, <laughs> it bro. Was. Yeah. This, this is what this is what the drug commu- the ex drug community yeah. does on a Friday night. Yes. And we had Dr. Peppers and Cokes and snacks. <laughs> it was awesome. Which, you know, I, I wonder if the drug addicts are out there thinking. You see, this is what we got to look forward to, right. bro. No way. I seriously hope that they do. <laughs> Never going to yeah. rehab. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Yeah, this is all celebrate recovery's right. fault. <laughs> so, uh, so Robbie, all right, um, we're gonna we're gonna dive into your past today, man. Do you, you yeah. are you ready? Yeah. All right. So, uh, wherever you want to start, where it began for you. Uh, well, I mean, uh, just to, to paint a little picture, man, and, and not glorify the demon too much of my past, but uh, third-generation uh, addict. My, my grandfather, I never met him on my dad's side. He was 42 when he died from cirrhosis of the liver. My father was in federal prison for trafficking cocaine into America, or conspiracy to traffic cocaine into America. So, I mean, I just fell right off in it. By the time he got out, you know, my mom was from Mississippi. My dad's from right outside Panama City Beach. So, 
I seen and done things that my good old boy Mississippi guys had never even heard of, you know. Uh, and I mean, it was just the norm down there. So that's pretty much generational curses that you yeah. were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I firmly believe generational curses are real, but I also believe that it ends with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's a done deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, started out smoking a joint, drinking a little alcohol here and there. What age? Uh, the first joint, I was 12. Uh, got it from a cousin, you know, and back down there, everybody did it, teenage years. Uh, drinking, same thing. Uh, cocaine before I was 18 because it was just everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if your dad was Bobby Faircloth, then then you were cool automatically. Mm-hmm. Your dad kept his mouth shut. He's doing time. Yeah, you. what do you need? We got you, bro. Can I can I ask too while you're on this this part of your life what was your relationship like with your parents? Uh I broke my mom's heart most of my life. The best mom you could she never drank, never smoked a cigarette, nothing. They were divorced. They were split up when I was a kid like <clears throat> you know, he was he was a man with many relationships. That's just a I nice you. way gotcha. of putting yeah. that. You know, and, and uh, so my mom was a small-town Morton, Mississippi girl, and, and uh, he was working on a crew passing through, a, you know, interstate or something and stayed in a motel in Morton. They met up, and she ran off with him at 15, 16 years old, probably about that, maybe a little bit older, but – uh, you know, and, and it just didn't work out. Yeah. And she came back home. Uh, she stayed down there for a while, but at one time, my mom with three kids, uh, by the way, I'm the only son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, my, she, we, I grew up with uh, two yeah. sisters. I was yeah. the only son and I was a middle child. So I was automatically my mom. So I'm the only I'm son. The baby. All right. How many siblings do you have? I have two. I have an older brother and an older sister. Okay, so so do I. Well, this yeah. is great. Yeah, we're all adopted too. <laughs> all up, all four of us have three. Uh, you know, come from a family. You know, three. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, for me, the only son meant twice the beatings. Like my uh, sister. Yeah, that that was the same for me. My sister Chrissy was tough, bro. She was Rambo. Like, and I, <laughs> it was on a daily basis that I did something to. Bring on injury. Yeah. Like, I always got beat up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You know, my older sister, she, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of got bullied a little bit, you know, uh, growing up. But my sister, it didn't matter the size of the dude or whatever. She would go tear them up, yeah, man. Bro, yeah. I mean, she she was she was better than the bullies yeah. in, in Sal Jackson back then. But <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, she was tough. Yeah. We're like that sometimes. Uh, but, <laughs> but, like, you know, like I was saying, man, my mom, she, uh, she raised three kids. She she went to school. When she wasn't in school, she worked at a nursing home or, or worked with mentally handicapped people or whatever, you know, and she paid the bills. My dad never paid child support, you know, even when he wasn't in prison. My mom, I remember paper food stamps. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, you know, I remember powdered milk mm-hmm. at my grandparents' house in Mississippi, man. You know, that's what we knew. We didn't know a well-off life or middle mm-hmm. class. There wasn't none of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom, one thing about it, my mom never stopped praying for me. Yeah. Never. We have a I lot was, in common. I yeah. was a 
you know, in the end, I was a full out junkie, and yeah. she never stopped praying for me, and until this day, she's got my back. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know most of my troubles with the law? I mean, I always had like misdemeanor stuff, and uh, you know, like DUIs and stuff like that. You know, any kind of easy stuff to get bonded out on. But none of my serious troubles with the law or anything like that uh, didn't really start until after my mother passed away, and I and I and I attribute that to well, my mom wasn't here to pray for me. Yeah. So if you've got a praying mother, you got something oh, yeah. powerful in your yeah. corner. And uh, real quick, uh, shout out to Shay Mills. Shay Mills, we were literally Shay. having we were literally having a conversation about you before we went live. So yes. I'm gonna be in touch with you later. Damian Donald, Eddie Poole, I love you, dudes. Yeah, I miss y'all. Shout man. out to you guys too, and Vincent Riles. Yes, thanks for tuning in. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, so let's see, where was I? I was just, Are you, you know, your mother praying for you? You know, teenage years and stuff, like, I can remember uh, running with one of my best friends for a long time. We've been friends since I was 15. First job I ever got, uh, hired and fired, same day, McDonald's <laughs> in Forest, Mississippi. That's how you do it. Bro, look, the guy that owned the business was across the street at the Minute Mart watching us. I didn't know. I was smoking a cigarette in a drive through window, you know, just throwing ketchup packs on my buddy's mom's car. Mm-hmm. This dude comes flying up in there. Who are you? And I was like, I'm Robbie. Who are you? <laughs> Look, man, that's not the way you come in the drive through. Get out of my store, blankety blank. I was like, I'm 15, dude. <laughs> you, know, you can't talk to me like that. Yes, he can. He owned the building. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, uh, and after that, you know, it was just, we just started running the back roads. Mm-hmm. And we had somebody that would buy some beer and yeah. somebody would score a joint. We were on for the night, you know, and the whole time, that's the fast life in, in the backwoods of Mississippi. Yeah. In Florida, when I would make my mom mad or she couldn't deal with me anymore, she'd send me back to Florida to deal with my dad's family or whatever. Mm. And... Down there, you know, they're popping acid, mm-hmm. taking ecstasy, Club La Vila, mm-hmm. all this stuff, you know. So that was really where the addiction really started yeah. kicking in, gotcha. you know. And uh, I stayed down there, I think, when I was 18. Uh, me and my dad, he'd gotten out of prison and tried to – teach me to be a man because he'd found Jesus or he was, you know, and I was 18, but you wouldn't going to tell me nothing. <laughs> right. You know I mean? Yeah, I think this we all. Is, yeah. You can go pray for yourself. Yeah, yeah, things, yeah. Right. I think we all are a little yeah. rebellious like that. So he sends me back up here and me and my buddy Palmer Tree, uh, we go see the one of our classmates that's now selling weed and uh, he's like, Man, we're going to see such and such. And I'm like, all right. So we pull up over there. Well, such and such was was part of a big family who stole anhydrous ammonia and started cooking crystal meth. Mm. So, so. Got two manufacturers in here today. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, so I pull up in there, you know, thinking we're fixed score a joint. And, uh, and this Surprise. guy. Yeah, this guy's like. Look here, Jack. Because <laughs> that's how they talk. <laughs> Look here, Jack. <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. You know when you pull up to a chicken farm and your eyeballs are burning from ammonia, that ain't weed. 
So he's like, look here, Jack. I just, you know, cooked a batch. You want to do a bump? And I'm thinking, yeah. You know, I've done cocaine. Yeah, let's roll with it. So he lays one on the table. And I get up there with my straw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A chogger is what we call them. Gator's head. Yeah. So I get up there. And I go about probably a quarter of an inch, and it felt like somebody had punched me in the back of the head, (laughs) and my eyeball had done fell off. I do not miss that. Bro. And I'm like, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, well, smoke it. I was like, I don't do crack. (laughs) He's like, bro, that's not, this ain't crack. And, you know, and he showed me. It's so much better. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so, uh, so I learned how to run the boat. With the tinfoil, yeah. and, and, and it just took off from there. And even though I wasn't ever full-blown addicted at the time, it had its hooks in me yeah. mm-hmm. from a, even a long distance. Like, it went from never doing it before, never going to do it, to if it rose to the occasion, if, it, if somebody it had it, I'd it do was it. there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was, you know, the majority of my addiction until – 2016 Mm -hmm. 2016 uh go through life in and out of jail doing Mm -hmm. that party life you know yeah uh four first offense duis Mm -hmm. you know because i was a junior and i had a mississippi license but never a florida license i'd Mm -hmm. give them a different name well that was great until my dad called me one day on the side of the road with a dot because he drove a big truck and he's like dude the DOT officer has got me pulled over, shut me down because Robert Faircloth has a DUI and I ain't never drinking drove. Rah, 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 rah. Well, I'm a junior and I told him my name was Robert Faircloth. And, you know, so yeah. Yeah, all them things caught up in and out of jail. I uh, did 11 months, 29 days in Liberty County, Florida. And when I got out in 05, I'm, I got on a bus, and I come back to Mississippi. I ain't never going back to Florida, man, because I went – I had to do a whole little trip. I went 90 days in Escambia County Jail, 60 days in Holmes County Jail, 30 in Calhoun County Jail, 11 months, 29 days. All that past party life was catching up yeah. with me. So after I'd done all my time, ain't got nothing else, I got out of Florida. It's interesting how we we think that it must be the location, right? Like it must yeah. be the people. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not me, of yeah. course. Yeah. I just need a new. I need a, 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 a scene change, you know? Yeah, yeah like when we live in, in celebrate recovery, it's like you you have to change people, places, and yeah. things. It's like, uh, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I did that. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's like not I, me. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. 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 So so I come up here and. uh my cousin puts me on a blind date, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I just did a whole bunch of time down in Florida. So I'm like, yes, mm. that's what I need. <laughs> yeah. So I meet my son's mother and, uh, you know, we, we got married in 2006. Divorce was final 2018. Uh, she, she was great. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I'm going to tell you, man, where the marriage ended, we had about 10, without exaggeration, 10, at least 10 miscarriages. Really? Mm. Yeah, man. We went 
We went. We lived in Conway, Arkansas. We lived in Dickinson, North Dakota. I mean, we lived all over, man. Mm-hmm. We tried so hard, and and that's all she wanted. And uh, and when we finally moved back to Jackson, because I I'd, I'd hurt my back on the rig, and the great doctors here in Jackson was like, oh, well, your disc, your L five disc, has got a split in it. We can't really fix it, but. Here's some Roxycodone 30s. Oh, here we go. Here's mm-hmm. some Valiums, yeah. and here's some Flexoril. And yeah. I took like I was supposed to and would wet the bed. Mm-hmm. And I'd wake up like, I can't believe she done peed the bed. <laughs> <laughs> my wife has done peed the bed. What, I can't be living like this, you know? <laughs> and I finally broke down. I was like, listen, we need to talk. <laughs> you need well first we're going to the walmart or the piggly yeah. wiggly we're gonna get you some depends yeah well can i i want to ask you something too because a lot of times when we think of women who've had miscarriages we focus on the woman and how it affected yeah. her which yeah. for obvious reasons right but how did that affect you good question yeah, um, very good question all i ever wanted to be was a dad because yeah. i didn't have mm-hmm. a great one and uh you know it, it was you would think that that when we finally did get pregnant and, and what it was, just to wrap it all around, was her body wouldn't produce some progesterone. Mm-hmm. So the doctor in Jackson, Mississippi found it. And and once she started taking progesterone, we got pregnant. Yeah. And uh she was super pregnant and I was super high. <laughs> like, wow. She didn't want a pill head. She, you know, and I didn't want to be a pill head. So, uh, done away with the Roxy codons, and and here's how I winged myself off of them: Nyquil and Xanax bars. No, nope. <laughs> well, yeah. tra- welcome. We're glad you're We're, here. Hey, I'm gonna put down these opiates, so but I'm gonna pick these benzos uh-huh. up. So you don't remember most of the pregnancy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So. So, and we're in small town, Georgetown, you slept, Mississippi. You slept for yeah. nine months. Oh, man. Like, and we had this honeydew list. Like, we had so much stuff to do. And, uh, you know, and I, I just thought the whole pregnancy with her hormones and all, I didn't understand at the time. But I thought, I'm a scumbag. She hates my guts, yeah. you know. The world is going, she's going, I'm going to be on Snapped. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and she's going to get away with it because she was pregnant. But, you know, and, and I had this honeydew list, and in my mind, I just couldn't get the energy or nothing. Mm-hmm. And and living in small town Georgetown, Mississippi, that's where she's from. And, uh, you know, I run into this guy at the gas pump or, or however. And, and, you know, and next thing you know, he's like, uh, you know, I don't have Roxy's and all that, but I do got some dope. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was like, well, yeah, let me get a half gram of that, man. That'll help me get this list done. And I and then I was okay because in my mind, I would only do a half gram every weekend or every other weekend. And it grew and grew mm-hmm. and I'm Trying grew. to control a controlled substance. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, here's my wife at the time, my wife uh, up here at River Oaks given birth to my son that I have been praying for, waiting on. I've had so many people. Like, I, I've got a, a cousin, Tim Faircloth, in Florida that called us in North Dakota, and we were so upset because we just had an adoption fall through. 
And uh, my cousin was a pastor, and he is a pastor right now down there. And and he's like, I'm fixing to pray for y'all over the phone. I'm praying this baby's going to come. It's going to happen. And it did. And and I firmly Amen. believe he had a lot to do with that. You know? Amen. Uh, I believe in the power of prayer. But so my wife's in here with her family giving birth to this child that I've been praying for. I'm in the parking lot rolling the bowl, mm-hmm. eating Xanax, smoking pot, go back in there like nothing's wrong, you know, and, and, and I look at my pictures now that I have and the pain in my face that I didn't mm-hmm. realize at the time, you know, of, of all the junk that I was trying to cover up and not deal with and, uh, you know, and, and four months later, I'm a full-blown addict with a newborn, uh, you know. So the enemy had his grip on you. Yeah, man. He he. I well, played the part. Like I was at church on Sunday. Hi. Yeah. Hi. And I and I want to talk about that too because I have a little bit of that in my story where I really did love Jesus and I yeah. really was sticking needles in my neck. You know, yeah. I mean, we really got there. <laughs> yeah. And so, what was it like for you? As, as someone actively using drugs and alcohol, um, what was it like for you to try to maintain a relationship with God? Like, I know you talked about prayer being important. And so I'm like, how did those two things? You know, and, and I would, I like, say, for instance, that guy from Corn that has the, you Ryan know. Head Welch. Yeah. Yeah. So head's like, God, if you want this to be took away from me, take it away from me. This is it. I don't want to do it. Well, I tried that every single time. Yeah. Did not work. And I, and I was like, you know, I'm blowing smoke. This dude's not real. Or this God ain't, you know, he ain't hearing me. He don't Something love me. If he is real, he don't love me. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so in order to save my marriage, I go to FOA the first time in 2016, either 16 or, yeah, I think 16. I go there and I do the eight week program, whatever it takes to get in and out, you know, save my marriage. And uh, on the way home, she's got a toothache. Well, I know the remedy for that. Mm. Hey, uh, swing by here and I'll, I'll, I'll get you a pain pill until you can get into the dentist. Mm-hmm. So we pull in there and I get her a little pain pill. And by the way, there's a half gram. <laughs> You know, just in case you need yeah. this too. I mean, yeah. just in case. Just in case. Here's yeah. your half gram. Lucy be doing stuff like that. Yeah, yes, sir. Lucy be doing stuff. That's one of them snares he'd be trapping you. Yeah, with, you know, absolutely. And and the thing is, the guy that I was getting it from was such a great, nice guy. And you're like, well, he does come at you like an angel of light with bro, beautiful like, with everything you can imagine. The, the drug dealers, ninety percent of the drug dealers out there are not like you see on TV. No, absolutely not. They are going to pump that. you up. They're going to mm-hmm. gas you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless you're in South Jackson, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then well, they really are like they are on TV. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you know, well, I don't. I'm not going to mention. Yeah, I'm not going to say his who, name because I enjoy breathing, but the guy. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I like keeping my head on my yeah. shoulders. I mean, I know yeah. I got God walking with me and Jesus yeah. walking with me and the Holy Spirit, but yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna test that. Let's say, uh, what's that word they use for for somebody like a trafficker? What he grooms, grooms mm-hmm. women, you know, kind of grooms them the way yeah. they're supposed to be. 
when I got into it in Jackson this time, this guy, it was like he knew that I I was lonely, that I, yeah. I needed to feel some kind of, you know, you're part of something. Yeah, yeah and I, I can tell you that, that when I met you, yeah. uh, if we're talking about the same person, yeah. he was good at it. Yeah. And he did. He had... And we'll get to that in a yeah, minute. Yeah, we will. But uh, so back to my son's mother and, and that deal. Uh, the whole time, she's trying everything to get me sober. Uh, I, I What they call OD'd, I overamped or whatever. And, and uh, you know, one time, and, and James Palmetree, my friend, he had just so happened to come down. And uh, right at the time that I had OD'd mm-hmm. and was throwing up, laying in my vomit, and, and he, you know, rolled me over, run inside and got my wife because I had my hidden man cave out in the shed where nobody could see what I was really doing for 23 hours of the day. Right. <laughs> you know, I even had an air conditioner in here. I didn't have to come out. made a doggy door in a shed. So yeah. I just, nobody knows what I'm doing. <laughs> Dummy. But, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, it's so ridiculous that we don't see that it's got its hooks in us for real for until, real. so we split up, uh, we split up and the divorce, the separation was so tough on me cause I loved her so much but not enough to give up the dope. I loved my son so much. I prayed for him. I got a son. She's taking him from me. She, you know, yeah. all this stuff. And, and, uh, and I would go around and, and I run the streets. There was no help me then. I was full blown doing whatever, running drug dealers around or prostitutes around, whatever it took to get my fix, you know, other than stealing. I, I just, I never was a thief. Yeah, I never was either. I want to I want to jump in because cuz you said something that caught my attention and as a person who works in the substance abuse treatment field, I catch on to these things. And so you said that I I loved them but not enough. And I, and I hear my clients say that a lot that if I had really cared about my kids or my family, I would have been able to stop. But I don't I don't always necessarily believe that that's true because yeah. we have to look at how does addiction impact our brain and the yeah. way that your brain gets rewired. I mean, there's there's literally a part of your brain that handles like the most basic of life functions: breathe, eat, yeah. sleep. And so, the more that we do drugs, the more it rewires and becomes a part of that system. And so, you're literally being propelled by this compulsion to do drugs and drugs and alcohol. You know, so there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt that comes yeah. with. Well, I couldn't stop for this. Well, I couldn't stop for that. And and we do have to take responsibility for the things that we yeah. do. But but there, it, the context does matter, and the way that your brain is rewired, especially when you're you're have all that momentum behind momentum behind you, um, it's there was something else going on there, yeah. and and not just a lack of of love. I don't think it's a lack of love. Yeah. And one of the main things that I I figured out over the years and over my length of sobriety this time was I didn't love myself enough. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how to submit to God. Right. You know, I I didn't understand a lot of it. Uh, But I would run around for the next few years and I would just bash her. 
bash her. This is what happened. This is what she did. This is my marriage is ruined. And I want to say about, and she wouldn't let me see my son. And she had all rights not to. Because I was a full-blown meth addict junkie. Just, it was bad. And, and, uh, you know, and I will say this. Even though our marriage ended, God sent a really good man to pick up the broken pieces I left behind. And his name is Jody Burns. And he is an amazing stepfather. Uh, he, you know, he, he was his dad when I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he's an amazing husband. He's a Christian. Really great guy that I love. And, and that's the truth. Uh, I think the fact that you can say that shows a whole lot about where you're at today. Bingo. Bingo. He's so amazing. That's some serious growth. He really is. Like, really is. Uh, But, you know, Suzanne Elliott, I see you on there. I just looked up and seen your name. Hey, girl. Uh, So, uh, 2019... Uh, come around, and I got this lawyer. I, I done had it in my head. I'm going to Jackson, Mississippi. I'm going to get me a lawyer to take back down there to Kapai County, and we fixing to show these folks. Yeah. And it's not. Look, and, and, and she's like. That was a waste of money, wasn't it? Yes, sir. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she, this lady's like. You know, well, we need you to take a drug test. Uh, before, <laughs> before, never before mind. Before we go to court. And yeah, I'm never, thinking, never mind. Um, you know, I'm like, <clears throat> do you want me to fake it? Because I can, I can buy some synthetic urine and will. You know, she's like, nope. You just need to be honest. And I'm like, okay. I lit it up. I'm talking about. Did you, you burn melt, the cup? You melted the cup. <laughs> melted the cup. I mean, and I didn't stuff that I didn't even. When did I do PCP? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, now it's a party, you know? (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, and after that. (laughs) You know what? One time that happened to me, I I tested for marijuana, and I never even, I wasn't even smoking weed. I I tested, I didn't test for anything else that I was worried about, but I tested for THC. I was like, I thought everybody smoked weed. (laughs) I mean, that's like smoking cigarettes, right? I mean, they just. Yeah, so uh, so after failing the drug test at court, um, in order to see my son, I would have to take a hair follicle mm-hmm. drug test. And after completing one of them and, and getting a, a negative back, you know, then we could do two hours supervised, then four hours supervised, and so on, so on, until... You know, eventually, after a, a probably, probably about seven or eight hair follicles every 90 days, you know, I had gotten to the point, and I'm going to tell you where I had gotten to the point where I knew if I wanted to be a dad, I had to, I had to find a church. I had to find something. And <clears throat> um, I lived, I moved to Brandon. My mom got this house in Brandon and you know, it was my sober house. I do quotes a lot. That's okay. Your safe space. Yes. And I didn't know anybody on the block. I uh, didn't know 
it didn't go to church. Man, I hadn't been to church since mm-hmm. Harmony Baptist with my my ex wife. So, uh, which is a great church, by the way. And uh, and so somebody had told my aunt Tina that there was a a recovery program or something down here at this church called the Point. The point? The point. <laughs> so so I'm like, all right, well, you know, I might go check it out. I might ride down there. My mom, my aunt, they're on me about it, you know. And uh, so I go down there, and I go through one thing and celebrate recovery. And as I'm walking out the door, you know, I'm just standing outside waiting on my ride because I wasn't allowed to have a vehicle at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a good right. thing. Yep. So I'm standing there waiting on my ride, and uh, there was uh, these two girls and a guy out there talking, and I overheard them say something about AA. And I was like, uh, hey, excuse me, I'm sorry to butt in, but could y'all please tell me about this AA meeting? I am fresh <laughs> and I need anything I can get. I've never been to an AA meeting. Where's it at? What time is it? And uh, it was Billy Merritt, Kosha, and Melissa. Uh, Melissa Steen, Monsoor, Moncure, Monsoor. Yeah. And uh, so they told me about it and I walked the next day to the meeting. Like, mm-hmm. I walked all the way to some little uh, episcopal church, whatever. Episcopal. Same difference. Optimistic. That's awesome. I'm, that's, I'm uh, able forever now be known as whatever you just said. Yeah. Yeah. To me. yeah so, uh, you know, and I walk up here and I go to this meeting and, and, uh, and right off the bat, you know, it was good for me to sit around with some people. And uh, so then I figured, you know what? I'm going to go to this church Wednesday night and go to church Wednesday night. Well, at the time, they didn't have nothing going on Wednesday night. But three little ladies, might have been four, come out of the church, and I'm in the parking lot praying. Like, you know, doesn't have mom's vehicle, went up here to this church, and they didn't even have church on Wednesday. What am I going to do? And these ladies come out, and I'm like, sorry to bother y'all, ma'am. What time's church start? And that's when they told me, you know, they didn't, they had life class or something. And, uh, but they prayed for me, these ladies at the point, And I, I can remember their faces, but not their names, just sweetest ladies. And, uh, so I came back on Sunday morning, uh, and the first time I seen Jim Taylor, I was like, he is really white. <laughs> <laughs> this is the whitest. This, like, the whitest yeah. this wow. is the whitest Caucasian I've yeah. ever seen in my Come life. Come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, wow. Yeah. But straight up cracker. And, yeah. yeah, and I was like, love I mean, you, Jim Taylor. Yeah, Jim Taylor, you rock, bro. Uh, so, and I was like, look how young this dude is. And then Jim lays down the word like. I mean, man, it'll punch you in the throat. Yep. I mean, he makes you think about stuff oh, that yeah. you would you totally read the Bible thinking some other way, and then Jim will, you know, go all the way back around and make you think about it, and you know, and uh, and the people were so loving. Yeah. Uh, of, the know. church. Yeah, I'm a member of the Point. Let me tell you something. If anything, those. Every, 
everybody there is just gonna is gonna love yeah love the mess out yeah, of you. And, I'm and, talking about they're gonna love you. Yeah, and you're gonna get some love. You know, and I started going to celebrate recovery, and and uh, I remember my first celebrate recovery meeting though. This little woman standing at the door before I could leave, I had to give her a hug. And that was Miss <laughs> Debbie. Of course. Now, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. bro, you weren't getting out of there. Yeah. Period. And it look, I can remember about two, three weeks into Celebrate Recovery, I had posted something on Facebook that was ugly. It was ugly, bro. Like, it was something vulgar or nasty because I hadn't made it to that yeah. level yet. Mm-hmm. And Brother Aubrey hits me up. And he calls me out on it. He's like, look, man, if you're trying to change your life, if you're trying to be a Christian, you can't be having this stuff. you got to let it go. You know, he did that to me last week. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, look, look. Palmer, Palmer, he's not here today, but I know he's probably going to be watching this. Palmer posted uh, a picture of a friend look, of his from... Kosha said, yes. Yeah, I see that. He... he uh, Posted a picture of a friend of his that lives in Louisiana that's very single. And he was, I don't remember exactly what the post said. It was like, whatever, you know, where's all these Christian guys? And I'm like, here, you know, (laughs) it's like, and um, I didn't say anything ugly or anything like that, but I guess, I don't know. But um, I'd have to go back and actually read it. But it wasn't anything ugly. It wasn't anything, whatever. But um, it wasn't like 15 minutes later, he called me. He said, Hey, uh, John, listen, um, are you around anybody? <laughs> and I said, um, not at the moment. What's up? And I knew I was in trouble. Uh-huh. You know? I was like, what did I do? Okay. And he's like, listen, I, you know, I don't mean to call you out on this or whatever. He's like, but do you, do you really, you know, that post that Palmer made, he's like, do you think that was really a kind of a Christian thing, you know, to be, you know, doing, acting like that? And I was like, the conviction from it. I was like, you know what? Let me just go delete that. Yes. <laughs> so um, he grounded me. And, uh, (laughs) but, um, but I immediately, I did, I felt the conviction from it and I went and deleted my comments anyway. um, So what, what it sounds like y'all are both saying is that it's really important to have people in your life that are a few steps ahead of you. Accountability. Yeah. Yes. And, And I'll tell you two more people who I could not think of my life being without them in it at, and that's Donnie and Amanda Massey. Oh, I know. Yes. I do love man. Amanda and Donnie, man. And, Amanda yeah. will go upside your head. Yes, she will. <laughs> Don't come at her with no Mm-mm. jump no. because mm. she knows. Let me tell you she something. She knows when Look you're here, full bro. of it. She did my uh, my abiding free session, her and Donnie. Yeah. All right. We were in there for four hours. <laughs> she was she was fist fighting demons that I yeah. didn't know I had. Yeah. And they do not like her. I've said this before on the show, but, man, they – look, I can't wait to get them in here, man. But yeah. I, I'm with you. I love them. So, yeah. uh, so fast forward to, I go through celebrate recovery. Uh, Brother Marcus Whitman was my teacher. You know, uh, I was in there with a lot of good dudes. Uh, Shannon Mattingly was one of them. Yeah, we graduated together. Uh, um, so I, you know, I got to me and Donnie was doing a class, teaching a class. You know, and and a lot of people don't realize that. Some people, when they decide to change their life and get clean, bro, it's hard to get a job. It's hard for to get a respectable job that that you're not flipping burgers. You can actually provide mm-hmm. because a lot of people are like, whoa, you know, oh, this guy's got a, a 
DOC record or this guy's been to rehab or, or you know, what for whatever reason, your name was in the paper. Man, it's hard. People don't want you. In, you're, you're categorized. So, you know, I bounced around. But once I made that change in my life, and, and the people at the point and people in my life can tell you, when I decided that I wanted to be a dad and I was way behind on child support, I sold watermelons on the side of the road to pay child support mm-hmm. to buy my son something for his birthday. See, that's humility. Yeah. That's humility. And and when I first got sober, my first job was, you know, at a, at a fast food place, you know. Yeah. And I remember talking to my stepmom, and, I, I, and she was like, it's not – it's not about what you're doing. It's about the attitude you have while yep. you're doing it. Yep. And it's kind of like if you're faithful with the small things, God will give you even greater. Oh, yeah. And so Amen. sometimes I think he will allow us yeah. on purpose to be in a place of quote unquote lower position to get our heart in the right place and get that humility where it needs to be before he'll open up the door to something greater. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward to uh, I land a job at Continental continental tires the new place and because i had oil field experience i worked in oil rigs and stuff the guy that was the manager up there that got me hired on everything was great um making money hand over foot but i could no longer be there monday night because i you know that was my job uh so uh after a while, you know, my, my wife, ex-wife at the time, whatever, she had gotten remarried, doing great. And here I was like, God, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. You know, all the wrong she did. and she, You give her a husband, and here I am. You know, where's my wife? Where I, I need my wife, mm-hmm. mm. so bad relationship after bad relationship <laughs> after bad relationship, so on, so on, so on, you know. Because here, I or would. if you're Stacy, it's hostage after hostage yeah. after hostage. Hey, my episode <laughs> yeah. is done with. Yeah. But I, I do want to say I, I was literally <laughs> just I was just putting together a word this morning, and and something came up for me, you know, and I I believe that sometimes we're asking for good things, but we're asking out of season, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that God knows if I give you what you're asking for right now, when you're not ready, you'll ruin it yes. or it'll ruin you, yes. you know? And so it's like, it's yeah. not that he doesn't want to give us good things, yeah. especially when it comes to like husbands and wives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm That's just, I'm biggest. just saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think he has to get that character where it needs to be before he can give us the things that we're asking sure. for. Yeah. And know? it's all, you know, and, you, and when you come to realize that it's all in God's perfect timing, it's like a, not yeah. your time, but God's perfect timing. God's timing is always perfect. It's Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I got on this website uh, that is strictly for escorts, and uh, I started fooling around with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because hey, in my eyes, I was helping her out. What an idiot. You know, but that's just train of thought. Yeah. So I'm in the motel That's room. the enemy whispering yeah. in the ear, like, that justifying it. You so know? I meet this one, and, and we hit it off. She's really cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, next thing you know, she's like, well, hey, why don't we smoke a joint? It'll make it better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
look, I teach celebrate recovery. <laughs> I, I just no, nah, we're well, gonna do nobody, this. Right? Yeah, nobody will see me in this motel room up here at the OYO. Nobody knows <laughs> what you're doing at the OYO. At, you know what OYO stands for? Oh, you're in trouble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On your own. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so I hit the joint, and you know, and it, it, yeah, everything's great. But the whole time, you know, conviction, mm-hmm. and then she, you know, we meet up again because it wasn't enough conviction. <laughs> it was enough to make me feel bad. But after a week or two goes by, well, I need that warmth and mm-hmm. you know, kill that loneliness. Mm. So I reach out again, and she's like, "Well, uh." Can you give me a ride to South Jackson to this motel to meet my brother? He's oh, yeah. got to wait. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. South Jackson, man. It's just, I'm telling you. <laughs> there is a darkness that hangs over South Jackson. Yeah. So, oh, oh, oh. So, I forget, okay. The first time, the first time that I, I could not believe the effects of the Lord, like, just blew me off my feet. Uh, it was after I'd relapsed. Let me fast forward a little bit. I had full-blown relapsed, okay, and I knew that my life was over. I'd done let Donnie down, Aubrey down, Debbie down, everybody down. I couldn't go back. So I'm sitting at some, uh, just say some, how do I put this without making anybody mad? Some white people's place in Scott County who hates everybody else. I got you. Gotcha. Racist. Yeah. Okay. But it wouldn't, like, I knew a bunch of them. It wouldn't, these certain ones, mm-hmm. it was just these old scummy ones. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I even doing here? Mm-hmm. So this dude had a cell phone blocker. Because, you know, of course, spun out. There was no service whatsoever Cameras in this everywhere. house. Cameras everywhere. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No service in this house. Okay, this guy just got out of prison and, and was a tattoo artist on the street and all this stuff. Probably taking a part of butane uh, lighter and just put it back together yeah. for no reason. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're sitting in there, and I just I said, you know what, man, this is it. I didn't lost my son again. I didn't lost my church. So I pulled up a shot of fentanyl mm. and I was going out like that was it. And my phone goes off with a blocker like that. This guy snaps all the way out, takes all my drugs at like almost gunpoint. Like yeah. you got to go. You're the feds. It's Kim Gray McCray. I know her. From the point. Yeah. And uh, Now, hold on. Let me, let me clarify something. So, this, this guy had a cell phone blocker, blocker set up. Like, you had no service. When uh, you yeah. walk in so, his house, there was no service. So, I mean, that's literally what a cell phone blocker does. It blocks out. Nothing. You can't get phone You calls. can't get Wi-Fi. You can't nothing. So, this nothing. is this is what is what I like to call God winks and, like, and yeah. uh, divine intervention yeah, to it, keep it, you from doing that. I don't believe in coincidences, I but I believe in Christodences. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that phone call was from Jesus. Yeah, that, <laughs> It, it, no, it was a Absolutely. message, and it said, look, brother, I don't know where you are right now, but <sighs> I know you're in a dark place. Wow. And just know that you're always loved, and we have, we were praying for you. And mm-hmm. so Bro, she I got saved chills. my <laughs> life, but almost got me killed because, <laughs> you know, old Twinkie dude over here, he's ready to skin me down. So uh, That yeah. is incredible, yeah, he, he Robbie. He took my needle. He took all my stuff, and you got to go. Praise you God. Yeah, so... 
Oh, man, I love you, Kim. I'll never forget that. Man. Uh, so fast forward. This is good stuff. I love I, it. So so fast forward. Now, I've I've done messed up so bad, you know, and, and I'm, I'm still. Well, getting, you got that shame and guilt yeah, from relapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm lying to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. nobody knows that I'm, I'm using again. You know, I'm over here chewing on my earlobe, but it's normal. Then fell off the whole yeah. face of the planet, but yeah. everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everything's fine. I good. disappear for four days at a time and yeah. pop back up to mm. wash clothes and get out of here. <laughs> right. So, yeah, mom don't know at all. So, uh, so then the girl takes me to the motel in South Jackson to meet her brother. And that's where I met you. I, yeah, I remember that day. Yeah, I do. I, it's, it's funny. Uh, there's a lot I don't remember about yeah. a, uh, a several months after my little sister died, but I do remember this uh, this uh, this particular this particular day. And um, as we were talking before the before we started the live was, <clears throat> and you can you you can go yeah. ahead if you like if you mean because I I know and go ahead. It was the first time I met. Met uh, John. It was uh, it was shortly after his sister had passed, and uh, you know he was in a dark place. And the room that I found him in, or met him in, I didn't find. You know, I, I couldn't find anything, but uh, was nothing but evil, nothing but drugs, guns, women, or you know, and, and it was straight up a sin den. Yes. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, <clears throat> it was bad, and and we were both we were both in a dark area, dark yeah. dark, dark time. And yeah. I can tell you this: it's like um, it's really that this was literally about a week after Amanda had died. Yeah, and uh, having to deal with her death and what I was going to do about that. But you know, when I left rehab and went, I mean the the first place that I went was to the Oya, and. Uh, you know, and ran back to the needle. And it's like, I didn't, you know, everybody knew that Amanda died. Amanda knew everybody. And, you know, I mean, and uh, because, because of that, they, and they barely knew me. Yeah. But uh, because of that and, and her death, it, it's like they just wanted to pump drugs into me. And that I was let, the only way they thought they could help yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah really, they thought truly, they were helping they you. They truly, that's, I mean, the intentions were good. And, but, it certainly wasn't what I needed. I can't imagine what I what I looked like to everybody else. I probably looked like a pit. I mean, just I was at the end of my rope, bro. Yeah. But something broke in me when when she died, and um, and I just let it happen. Uh, you know, the pumping the drugs in me and whatnot, and <sighs> yeah, that was hard, man. That's that's what we do, though. And and you said this earlier in your story. You said. I was running from all the things that I wasn't dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And this and this and I don't know exactly what those things were for you, but this is a really good example. You know, like these the big things happen, right? The rejection, the abandonment, the death, the loss, the grief, and we don't know how to handle it. And yeah. so what what will take the emotional pain away the fastest? Yeah. And that's drugs and alcohol, yeah. right? Addiction is a response to human suffering. Mm. That's what it is. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. But like from there, in the, at the, uh, at the oil, Robbie and I weren't around each other very much, but no. I can tell you when you walked in, it's like the door 
was always open to this particular room. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's smart, but okay. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, Lucy, he, you know, he, he'd know I was coming that way. He'd just go ahead and open the door like this way, you know? And like, there was, there'd be like this just smorgasbord of every drug you could imagine just out in the open, you know, weed, yeah. pills, meth, heroin, whatever you can think of. Yep. And, um, you know, there'd be guns laid out on the bed. There'd be two or three girls in there, yeah. and I wasn't interested in any of that. Matter of fact, there was one in particular that, was like, that uh, um, just to make me feel better, was offering that, and I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. Give me the, just give me the needle. Give me the needle. But um, <clears throat> so uh, we weren't I – mean, I, I was weeks there, dude, yeah. weeks, and I don't remember eating at all, yeah. you know, uh-huh. sleeping. Um and and the thing about yeah. it is 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 uh, what people don't understand is is uh, these predators, and, and I call him a predator, and I call all of them a predator because yeah. they're preying on a a hurt soul. Yeah, these predators will groom you like like by the time this guy was through with me, I the when I went to jail April first two thousand twenty one. I had two houses set up in Scott County with three women in each house selling their bodies and supplying my dope. And I I felt like I was helping them. This is what he showed me. This is how he made me understand. This is how it goes. And, And he had me pumped up to where I believed I was really helping these girls and serving these people the good stuff. That way they're not buying this other stuff. And, and, you know, the whole time, I'm not thinking that this is somebody's daughter mm-hmm. or mother or wife or this is a human being that instead of saying, hey, you know, you got to stop. It, it reminds me of Romans and uh, the, you know, I can't think of a specific verse right now. And this is going to be a paraphrase, but they they knew God, but they wouldn't honor him as God. So God gave them over to their own way of thinking. And I experienced the same thing. Like whenever I whenever I relapsed after I love Jesus, and I was like, yeah. hey, you know, I'm just going to go back to the streets for a little while. My thinking got so depraved after a while that I, I literally thought in the middle of these, you know, random moments that, that getting high was the best thing I could possibly do right yeah. now for you, for, for me, for anybody, you know, and that's... I think that's what happens, you know. Oh, yeah. Do you know in in those uh, several months up up until I got arrested, um, I could literally feel uh, in my in my soul that God was communicating to me, but I was refusing to listen. Like uh, like the the dark times when I knew that I that that Lu I, I call him Lucy Lucy had a death grip on me. And I could I could see and feel like there was a veil dropped to where I could see and feel darkness and I can see and feel light. So even in that darkness and or whatever, like a lot of times, um, God would, um, would show me a light, so to speak. Like, uh, I could feel him, you know, leading me in one direction and I'd go that way for a little bit. And even though I was in that darkness and I was high, he was trying to, but I wasn't listening. I was still rebelling against that, and I was just—I just kept going back to the mm-hmm. dark. Cause, because, because uh, you know, I've said this in previous episodes. It's like I was angry with him, and uh, because I was in a season of Job, so to speak. Like, yeah. um, you know, Job never gave up his faith in God or anything. But but everything had been literally taken from me. Uh, jobs, the relationship I have with Jenny, my daughter, uh, 
um, everything, my sister, my mother, my father, and all this was in a span of about 18 months. So I wasn't hearing it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. un- until that day I got arrested. And, so. and and I can remember before I got arrested that uh, my mom just squalling, you yeah. know, and, and talking about God and me telling her, you know, if God was real, mm-hmm. he wouldn't let me do this. He wouldn't have let me go through this. This is bull. There is no God. If God can't stop me, and I'd jump in my car, and I'd roll out. Almost you know? like you're saying, like, if God was real, he'd force me to do the right thing. Yes. Well, let me tell you about being thumped in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so here I am thinking I'm Scarface, like, I'm Scarface. I'm the drug kingpin. Say hi to my yellow fame. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, running drugs. I, I buy them in Jackson, run them to Scott County. Give them to you these two houses. Oh, man. Wow. Or well, desperate. <laughs> Look, Whichever. The car, the car saved me. The car was a a Dodge Charger SRT8, jet black, with blacked out windows. Oh, wow. So not, I, not suspicious at all. No, I mean, you're I not. I look like a police officer, period. Like, I mean, wow. it just it did. I blended in. Nobody messed with me. And I just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And I was on my third ounce of meth on, of that day, you know, and I was heading back to Scott County. And I just left Jackson and uh, got to Pillahatchee, and I seen my low fuel light was on. So I pulled off the interstate. And there's that new truck stop up yeah. there on the right. And I seen him sitting up there, and I said, well, let me bust a lift. So I bust a lift. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. (laughs) He comes right on out. You know, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, April 1st. Dead giveaway, (laughs) right? So so right there about the Chevron truck stop, he hits his blue lights. Well, the whole time I'm eating ecstasy and Xanax and meth. Yeah. I stopped on Highway 80. Once I got to the stop sign, I took a right, and I'm doing 35, but I'm steady just eating this dude's blue light. You know, just, I wouldn't. I was trying to lesser my charge. Yeah. And maybe die, you know, whichever. Stupid. (laughs) At the time, you know, the whole time, it's not just kicking in. Hey, dummy, you just eat. Eight ecstasy pills, a handful oh. of Xanax. Oh you know, so, I couldn't imagine yeah. going to Rankin County like that. Oh, so when I finally do stop, I stop, and this kid has barely got a mustache. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fresh out of the academy. Ultimate, ultimate bust in the history of yeah. his life. And the way I know this is because. A week later, he went to go buy a vehicle from my brother-in-law at the dealership and was bragging about the biggest bust in the history of his blah, 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 oh, you know. That's my brother. Yeah, yeah. He, he said, man, I never told him anything. I just let him go with it. And uh, But, yeah, the kid, it was a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know but, how they are fresh out of the academy. They're oh, yeah. Gung-ho, yeah. So he walks up, and I've got, when he walks up to the car and I roll my window down, and he's like, where's the marijuana? And I said, over here by the pistol. Dude, <laughs> it was like, it was like you see on TV. Guns yeah. come out uh-huh. of everywhere. Yeah. Bro, I was called so many different names. 
and and they helped me out of the car. It wasn't yeah. a get out. They mm-hmm. helped me out. Yeah. Gently, first. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, sir. And Robbie Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Look, man, I'm up here like, rah, 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 you know, going crazy anyway on all these drugs. And uh, and I'm being polite though, you know. I'm the visual I have right now is priceless. <laughs> like I can, I can see the whole yeah, thing happening. Yeah, yeah, like, and and uh, so yeah, because I promise you, I probably had took a bite off a cheese nip in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. who needed food? Right. So fasting uh, for Satan. Yeah. So uh, everything's cool. I'm calm. I make my phone call and I call mom and I'm like, Mom, they got me. Mom, they got me, and she's mm. like, "Praise God!" Oh yeah. yeah, she was probably relieved. Yeah, because yeah. mm. she's been praying for. I think God I remember. I think we down. talked about that. Yeah. Mm. So then, uh, everything was cool until I got to Rankin County Jail, and that's when all the drugs really kicked in, and I was ready to snap on everybody. Well, let me tell you something about. Uh, the nice people at Rankin County Jail, they didn't whoop me and beat me to death. They stripped me butt naked and put me in a cell by myself yeah. for 14 days, to, you know. Uh, and I respect them for yeah. that because I was something else. I was in the door crack hollering about their mamas yeah. and, you know, just all <laughs> these drugs kicked in. Yeah. Uh, and when I finally got out, they put me in the cell, and I had actually went with Brother Aubrey one time to Rankin County to do some jailhouse ministries. Mm-hmm. The very cell that we went and preached and talked to these guys was the cell they put me in. Wow. Mm-hmm. So where you were doing like jail ministry yeah. months before or yeah. however long yeah. before, like to, to this itself is a, also a God wink. Yeah. What do you make of that? that you're being, del- you know. Yeah. Well, uh, when I was in <clears> that cell for 14 days, I'd, I'd finally just, God, wherever you send me, if I'm going to prison, if I go to rehab, whatever you do, this is you. I'll do it. Send me. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, so he put me in that cell and I'm like, oh man, I've been here before. And one of the, one of the, uh, officers was like, didn't you used to, uh, come up here jail ministry? Ouch. Ouch. And you, oh, it's gosh. like when you hang your head. Like, yeah. Yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And, uh, so, 67 days, uh, well, no, it, it was probably a month in there, and lo and behold, <laughs> here comes John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're in the cell together. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I just experienced full-on delivery, deliverance <laughs> from Jesus Christ in a uh, in a <gasps> cell in Richland, and uh, they took me to Rankin County, and they left me in... The pro, you know, they got that that holding tank in the front. Oh, yeah. um, uh, man, what was what was the guy's name? Uh, I can't think of his name. Dimitri. Dimitri, yeah, yeah. Dimitri. Uh, he felt, I guess, he felt so bad for me. I was in such a sickly state. You know, I probably weighed ninety eight pounds, <laughs> yeah. soaking wet. Yeah. You know, and he that they left me in there for three days, and I slept the whole time. Yeah. And when I finally woke up and got up, I had a stack of 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 uh, the to go things right there, oh, a yeah. stack ready yeah, for me yeah. and um you know they were very they treated me very well man oh yeah and then from there i had to go uh you know you it was COVID time so we had i, I had yeah. to spend a week um uh, everybody else in the zone there was two in each each cell yeah. except for me i was by myself and i 
which I know God arranged that yeah. because he wanted me to be alone with him. Yeah. And uh, especially after what I just, what had just happened to me yeah. in the cell in, uh, in Richland because it was full on deliverance. But, you know, and then, yeah, going back into it. So like they, they take me out of there and then take me to that zone that you were in. I walk in, the first person I saw was yeah. you. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. So, all right, not not to cut you off. The yeah, funniest no, thing now, check this out. This is the greatest, probably one of my greatest memories of John in jail period ever, ever, ever. So at at like four o'clock or four thirty or something like that, or after dinner, they put us up in our cells. Uh, or no, no, after what is it? lunch something like that. something yeah. anyways you go in your sales for lockdown lockdown yeah, for like three hours so uh and john had just been in there probably two days three days maybe so we're all in our sales and then we hear a door buzz you know and they come over to the little intercom and tell him to come to the door you know they were pulling him out john walks out and i i, I promise on everything he's like I'm snitching on all of y'all. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home. Oh my God. <laughs> so you were good at making friends. Yeah, these are guys that are waiting to go to prison or come from yeah. prison. And John, I'm snitching on all of wow. y'all. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, they had been around me long enough to know my personality. Yeah. And uh, so I was very, I'm very sarcastic and I joke a lot. And this, uh, this is how I get through a lot of my trauma is I make light of it. Yeah. And uh, I laugh about it. I try to. It was, <laughs> it was great. So but the reason I did that was because um, I was watching like everybody that got called out for any reason whatsoever. It might be for medical. It might be for whatever, yeah. a lawyer visit, whatever. Um, the yeah. conversation would go yeah. like this after they left the room. Because I knew this conversation was going to happen about me. It was... Oh, he's out there snitching. Oh, yeah, he's out yeah, there. He's no, 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 no. I mean, he's out there, you know. So I made it a point. <laughs> I'm letting y'all know now. I'm going home. I'm, I'm snitching <laughs> yeah. on you. You're, you, you're getting more time. You're getting more yeah. time. You're getting more time. Yeah, it was great. So and they knew I was joking. Yeah. So uh, uh, I was like Oprah Winfrey. You're getting more time. Yeah. You're yeah. getting more time. Anyway. So. Yeah. So after 67 days, uh, the judge finally allowed my bond because my bond was eighty seven thousand five hundred dollars uh and uh the judge had finally mom had finally just on and on and on between the judge the da everybody you know she just she never stopped and um let me make it a point real quick before you continue there's like uh one thing that uh robbie and i did every day that we were in there was we we were the first, and along with about three other guys, I don't remember their names, yeah. we met at the table every morning and did Bible study and prayed together. Yep. Every morning, every day. And and, so, and in the evenings, yep. too. Yep. That's in what we did. prayer circle. Before we, had we would a, go locked down at night, yep. we would do prayer, prayer call. We did yep. prayer, prayer call. call. Isn't yeah. it interesting that when we finally get some moments of clarity, the first thing we want to do is run to God? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's like we know the whole time what we're really looking for in yeah. all the all the the drugs and the shenanigans that yeah. we're doing is yeah. we're we're desperately looking for that thing that's going to fill that place in our heart, man. Yeah. And it's yeah. like we 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 kind of know that it's God, but at the same time we got to try out everything first just to yeah. get to that same conclusion. Like, okay, this doesn't work. Yeah. God was right. I'll yeah. be yeah. 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 All, the whole time. I'll be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And. Yeah, I like how Robbie put it. Let me tell you about getting thumped in the head. Yeah, oh, he thumped me right. Yeah, in the head. and I also remember this is my memory, my biggest memory of you 
uh, while we were in there is uh, for about two weeks or so straight, you were you were just really gung ho about getting on that trustee program. Yeah, and there were people literally ahead of you that were supposed to go before yeah. they called you out. Yeah. And one morning we were sitting there. And they called you and one of the other fellows, and I remember your how your whole face just oh, lit up in man. happiness because we were starving in there, yeah, bro. I yeah. mean, we were hungry. Yeah, it, and um, <laughs> and yeah. it was like that. I, you know, I wasn't getting any commissary. I believe you were though, yeah. and you you hooked me up. You know, yeah. you took care of, you took care of old John. You know, yeah. and and I've never forgotten that. And and the thing about it is, man, like, you know, because I'd already been into it with one guy. That was in there, and, and they took me out and put me in solitary confinement for a week and and brought me back, you know, because this dude was a gangster disciple from Florida who was up here on a charge, come out of prison on a charge, and they stick me, who is country like collard greens, I, I remember in the that, cell. Yeah. And, and this dude, you know, I, here I am I trying to keep my P's and Q's and – do what I got to do to get out so I can be a dad again and work on my life. And, you know, I'm trying to get into a, a teen challenge or something, you know. And, and uh, so this dude, we're fixing to tie up, and they come over to intercom and tell me to get my stuff, go to the door. And I'm like, okay. So I go to the door. They put me in solitary confinement for a week. Uh, so out of 67 days – or no, it was like 10 days I was in there because they wasn't worried about getting me out of there. So out of 67 days, you know, most of them were by myself. Uh, but I was a trustee of brown suit for three days before the judge passed the thing where my mother, my pastor, and uh, my aunt come pick me up and had to take me straight to Friends of Alcoholics. Amen. No stops. No, to go straight there mm-hmm. uh, because I I tried to get into Teen Challenge, but the thing about Teen Challenge in Georgetown is my ex-wife lives about four or five miles from it, and she, you know, and and I don't blame her. She didn't want me there because that was too close, too close. and I was too new of being mm-hmm. sober. Yeah, and uh, and so again. Praise God that I got to go to Friends of Alcoholics. Amen. Right. I had my, mm-hmm. I literally had my first visit at uh, to that facility last night when I picked up Damien. Oh, that place is incredible. Man. Man. I wish I would have gone that Mike, route. Mike, Mike, Aaron Bonner are, you know, they're the directors over it. And, uh, well, Mike stepped down, but he's still involved. But one thing they said to me, because it's free. Yeah. You don't have to sell crosses. Your family don't have to pay for it. None of that. There's none of that. They said that they would never sell the word of God. Mm. So to teach the word of God, you'll never have to pay for to hear that. Mm-hmm. So how did they? How did they get funded? Donations and and they're a self like, you know, uh, this is like a sixty four or sixty eight acre farm. It's huge. Uh, they have cattle, they have pigs, mm-hmm. they have a two acre garden that you do buy hoe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember from my days in Teen Challenge. Ooh, yeah. And, and here's my thing with that. That's a franchise. The man that owned the one in Brandon owned five more. Owned. I don't have issues any which way you can get clean 
and and hear the word of God, get clean, hear the word of God, praise the Lord. But if you own a Maserati and live on a golf course, yeah, and you're making money off of these people getting sober, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And he don't own it anymore. He's out of that business, but that's what's wrong with America right now. It's cheaper for us to stay high and drunk than it is to go somewhere to get help because people want money. Yeah. Region eight. They want money. Mm -hmm. Or you got to go through an act of Congress Mm -hmm. teen challenge. You got to pay money. Yeah. Whether you work, work, work it or not, whether you selling crosses or whatever friends of alcoholics. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm not, you know, I'm not, Friends Alcoholics was totally free. Yeah. Friends Alcoholics, uh, they have a, a Bereavian Bible church. I hope I'm pronouncing that right on, on campus, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they preach the word, nothing but the word. They teach the word. Mike Bonner has a class in the morning times. It, it's, you know, a couple hours, hour and a half. Yeah. All they asked you to do, you have certain jobs that you do yeah, around I, the farm. Right. And I believe Righteous Oaks is the same way too. They don't yeah. go around doing uh no, doing no. fundraising or anything like yeah. that. But I went there one time. Yeah. I go out there sometimes to do uh, uh what they call the uh uh impact. You know counseling the guys that are about to come out to get them ready. That place is pretty awesome too. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It was great. When I, I saw it for the first time last night. How long how long were you there? <laughs> Almost to my I almost made it to the visitation where I get my first visit. Yeah. But I messed up and uh I talked about this dog named Saban. Uh, I know Saban. I was ugly. I know Saban at Righteous Oaks. Yeah. I, I know that so dog. Bad. Dude, I was up on a ladder weed eating this bush, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to trim it and uh this old man, the the man the director's yeah. dad mm-hmm. come walking by and rah, 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 rah. I was like you better shut your mouth. I whoop you and that dog. Should have never said nothing about that dog because yeah. they asked me to leave right then. Do mm. not pass go. Drop me off in Meridian at the bus stop. So you had a little bit of an anger problem. <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. I did. And, you know. Uh, How long were you at FOA, though? Uh, Either seven or nine months. It, I was there a while, yeah. bro. And What uh, year was that? I mean, that wasn't, that had to have been around 2020, huh? That's 20, when I got out of jail, 2021. That's, yes, that's what I'm, and uh, I made it to the Roman's house. And, you know, like I said, FOA, there's a guy there, uh, and I'm going to put his name on blast Kevin Conroy. That's my brother. Really? Man, I love that guy. He's been there for a long time. Uh, Just talking to him, man, he's got Jesus oozing out. Like, I mean, it'll blow your mind. This guy is nothing. Man. What do you think, like, your biggest takeaway from your experience at FOA? What was what was that for you? Uh, learning more about the word, not just knowing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was broken one time, crying, uh, just couldn't forgive myself. And yeah. Mike Bonner said... Mike Bonner said, uh, Faircloth, so you believe in God, right? And I said, yes, sir. God who created everything. I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, if he can forgive you, but you can't forgive yourself. I said, yes, sir. 
He said, so you're telling me you're bigger than God, you're Ooh. better than God? And I was like, Ooh, uh, no. Wiped a yeah. snot off my face, like, you're right. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, Amen. they genuinely love you there. Praise the Lord. They, they want more for you mm-hmm. there. Like, you're not just a number. You're a name. Yeah. Uh, that, look, that self-forgiveness, as a, as a therapist, every single client I have, that is the hardest thing. Yeah. Like, I can I can forgive all these people that hurt me. Yeah, I yeah. can forgive this, that, and the third. But when it comes to being able to forgive self for the things yeah. that we did in addiction, I see people struggle with that yeah. more than any other topic that comes up in a treatment center. Yeah. And, and you know, like I said, friends of alcoholics, uh, I prayed for the Lord to humble me. And I got the house job. I was the upstairs man. Well, we had this guy who had some issues from the streets come in. And uh, he would miss the toilet, number two. Yeah. Guess who cleaned the toilets? Robbie Fairclaw. I got humbled quick. Mm. I could have asked him to humble me. Lord, yeah. please keep me humble. No, I'm humble. Thank you. I'm good. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, that's you ask yeah. and you shall receive. Yeah. Uh you know, and, and I've seen people come and go. I've seen uh, everything from racism to to Straight up drugs, violence, I'm sure. To, yeah, you know, uh, and and uh, the staff never changed, though, man. They were there. They loved, you know, if you had to go, you had to go. And if Brother Aaron says you got to go, I mean, this dude's six foot four six five you're not gonna tell him no yeah <laughs> yeah you don't want that to happen no. but uh you know i mean you just they the family loves you the whole family it's it, i mean it's a good yeah you know, uh damien and i had a long conversation on the way after our meeting last night about uh about that and he's like i just love he's like he's like i think he's the upstairs guy i mean i'm not sure yeah. what his uh, he, I think he has some he lives like upstairs yeah he li- but, he's, uh, but he he gave me a, a, a short tour but you could truly tell that he was very involved with each and every one of these guys because every guy we walked by, he had some love for. It. Oh yeah, and he, you know, he he said that on the way back. He's like, I love. There's sixty of us there, yeah. sixty of them, and I love each and every one of them. Man. Oh yeah, and and see, they asked me to come back. They had a sixty-five year anniversary, and they asked what I, you know, would I come it's and sixty. Speak. It's been around sixty-five years. Sixty-five years. Wow. Sixty-five years. A guy oh, named uh, Brother Barth, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, he started it. And uh, he's a Marine. And, but they asked me to come back and speak, and I did. And the number one thing that I, I tried to tell these guys, not push on them, but the only regret I had was not finishing the program. Mm-hmm. I, I left early mm-hmm. because my lawyer had, you know, these were my first drug charges. Mm-hmm. They threw the gun charge out because I filed for my gun rights the year before. So I was waiting on that to go through. So they threw that out. They knocked my drug charges down to misdemeanor possessions upon completion of drug probation, court watch or whatever. Right. Uh, and, and because I'd went to rehab, I'd done that on my own. I wouldn't court order. Uh, and so that was my, again, I, I was caught with an ounce of meth, a nine millimeter, and fifty-eight grams of high-grade marijuana, and I got that. 
Wow. Nothing yeah. but God there. I promise you. Nothing but and, God. And as soon as that lawyer said, hey, man, you can go ahead and leave and, and go to work and start paying on your fines and everything. And I was like, Brother Aaron, I'm out. Uh, so I did. I left early. Mm-hmm. And my life is so good right now. I could only imagine if I'd have stayed them extra few months. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's important for people to hear, too, because – a lot of times we will see people get a little bit of clarity, start to feel good physically. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm doing all right. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like I'm good now. I'm re- I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I think there's something really powerful in completing what you start. And I think that if God calls you to a thing, that He knows how long that thing is before He calls you to it. You know, like there's something oh, yeah. powerful in completing what we start. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, when I left. I, I never looked back. Uh, when I left FOA, I went straight to assistant driller on a rig and, and with Otis Allen, uh, and, and we done that a little while and uh, got married. And oh, you got remarried? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Again, when you rush things like, yeah. oh, this is God sin. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to tell you what it was. It was conviction about – Hey, we don't need to have sex till we get married. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get married. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that, that problem solved, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and and uh, we are separated. The divorce will be final January thirtieth. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, Sorry to hear, man. Yeah, it, it is what it is, man. I'm, I'm not going <coughs> well, to bash her, but I will pray for her. So. But you're not using over it. Huh? You're not using over no, it. You didn't have to no, relapse in response no, right. to that. My, look, my first divorce, I was already high, so it was just traumatic. Yeah. This yeah. divorce, I leaned on God. Hey, right. Amen. Good. You yeah. know, for the first month, I would get up, and the and first thing I would do is turn it on Toby Mac on YouTube or something, you know, and just jam, or Jensen Franklin, you know, somebody. I was just staying in there. And uh, and I'd pray every morning and every evening, God, please keep me strong. Keep me strong, mm-hmm. Lord. Lord, please touch her heart. Touch yeah. her heart, Lord. Please protect her. You know, and, and uh, after the first week of us splitting up, I get a phone call at 345 in the morning from a motel in Arkansas, and she's like, I messed up. I know I messed up. Well, you can live this life you can live that life. Make your choice. And she made the choice. And uh, I just said, send me the address. And I went and filed divorce because I cannot have that around my son. Right. I can't have it around me. Well, you're basically following the same model that your previous wife took with you. Absolutely. And I've thought about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like. Now I understand why me and my son wouldn't enough, just like she didn't understand why her and my son wouldn't enough for me, you know, because that's his stepmom. And he asked me, Dad, when is Miss coming back? Mm -hmm. And I won't say her name because out of respect. Yeah, amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't hate her. I'm not mad at her. Right. I pray for I'm her. I'm sure you still love her. I do, man. It, it sucks because, you know, good and bad, Yeah, that's 
you're supposed to do whatever you can for your wife or husband to help them. And, and when you live in Fort Smith, Arkansas, I can't really just be there every day. Yeah. You can't, and, and yeah. you know, and, and living that street life, that's, that's what she chose. You know? And we have to let people hit rock bottom too. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we, we think that we're helping, but we're kind of elevating the bottom for someone. Yeah. Cause I know for me, if, if life was just tolerable enough, I was going to, I was going to keep shooting dope, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so it had to be horrible for me, you know? Yeah. And so sometimes that, that means taking some distance, you know, oh, and letting, yeah. letting folly run its natural course. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. you know, and like I said, man, I get up every day. Uh, I, first thing I do, thank you, Jesus, for letting me wake up. Cause I know I shouldn't be here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then, uh, you know, I, make my coffee, I, I find some way to get in the Word, whether it's praise and worship, whether it's reading the Bible. By the way, I go to Antioch Baptist Church in Pearl now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, you're thinking Baptist Church. Okay, yeah. My preacher rides a Harley. Nice. My Sunday school teacher is sleeved up and talks about things that, would blow your mind. Those are my favorite people. Yeah. I, mean, and I like people, people that I can identify yeah. that look like me. You know, I talk like love me. That, that, you know, and there's the point played its purpose. Uh, Brandon Assembly of God played its purpose in my life. And right now in my life, I'm getting fed here yeah. at Antioch Baptist Church. And good food. And the I'm reason sure. I'm bringing this up is because I'm supposed to be reading in chronological order. My Sunday school teacher put a challenge on us, and I'm so far behind. And that's why, you know, when I was talking about getting in the Word, yeah. So, Rob McAvoy, I apologize. I love now the whole brother. internet can hold you accountable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh but, yeah, man, I just want to throw that out there. Yes. Antioch Baptist Church has welcomed me with all my garbage, and, mm-hmm. and they don't care. Uh, and uh, Kurt Rhymes well, and that's Angel what, Rhymes. You know, all churches them. are supposed to do that. Yeah. You know, it really breaks my heart when you, when you yeah. come to that uh, that type of church that's, um, you know, if they're not seeking the lost, then to me that they are the lost. Absolutely. You know? so. Absolutely. And these people have been really great. And, and you know, they know that I'm going through a divorce. Well, they never met her. Aside from the divorce taking place right now, um, this past, I don't know, six months or so for you, what's been going on? What what, what be the Lord be doing in your life? Because you know the Lord, so, God be doing stuff all the time. So after I left FOA and, and the rig and everything, I got tired. You know, I just, my, I'm 44 years old, ex-drug addict. Oh, my God, I'm older than you? Yes. You look so much <laughs> older than me. Man, you better hush. I'm going to this <laughs> just for a minute. I'm just yeah, kidding, Ryan. No. You know I love you. Yeah. So uh, uh, I went and got my CDLs, and I've done a little driving, but, you know, being married. Is that your commercial drug license? No. no wow. Sir. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're moving forward here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like saying, hey, Stacy, are you a pharmacy tech? I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought about it once, and I was like, yeah. you know, I don't think I'm prison material, actually, because yeah. the Xanax would be going home with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm so kidding. I, know what, I, I definitely know what a CDL Look, is. I have never, I can say that. I, I've never been to prison. I definitely, I'd be the guy braiding hair. So I'm older than you. Know I'm not made for prison. I am not that dude. You know, I'm not the prison. Do you know, I left Rankin County. I had to do a year in prison. Yeah. But God hooked me up. He sent me to a sweet prison. I didn't have to go to Parchment or Green County or anything like that. God really looked out on me like that. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, man, uh, I've been working for 
uh, this company, Hughes Supply, right there in, in uh, Pearl, uh, right beside Sutherland's, they HVAC supply. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, it, it was a great run. A guy. Quick met, question: Do they sell air conditioners? A lot of them. <laughs> lot, a lot of them. You say lots of them, mm. bro. Mm. Lots of them. Just curious. So, uh, so my time ended there. You know, a good brother of mine that I met at Crucio got me the job. And uh, so now, last week, last week I got in a big truck and drove to, uh, went to Tennessee last Monday with Lazy Boy Logistics. And uh, I'll be driving a truck for them. So I get there and the snowstorm, snowpocalypse comes in. The snowpocalypse. So I'm jammed up in this motel room. For days, they canceled the orientation. But here's the thing. When I open my windows, beautiful mountains all the way around. <sighs> but you no. can't walk outside because you'll break your neck because it's that <laughs> yeah, much ice. ice. But it was great. I just sat there, man, and thank And got you. paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. I remember I, this when I called you yeah. to be on the show was yeah. you were there. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what keeps you sober today? Uh, I live such a great life. I get, I'm more high now mm. uh, on this life that I have. I, I get off on, on paying bills and being mm-hmm. a dad. Adulting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It, it's great. I live such a great life. Uh, you know, last night I was at Kapai Academy watching my son, who's eight years old, dribble a basketball and smile and cut up and have fun and and there's his mom right there and, and we're not fussing and i love it amen i love this life i go i can't wait to go to church in the morning yeah. oh yeah so yeah. you you feel and i'm so glad you said that because when we take that big and here's here's what we don't always talk about a lot is grieving the loss of our addiction right yeah. so we get to this place where it's like, okay, I'm going to be sober now. And it's like, I hate drugs. Drugs are horrible. And like, yes, but at the same time, drugs were our best friend, our dad, our mom, our counselor, our doctor, our higher power. Right. And so we do grieve that loss in a way of no longer having that relationship with addiction. And so when we take something that big out of our life and we don't put something back in its place, man, you're white knuckling it. Right. You're you're a dry drunk. And so we have to put something back in that place. And that's filling up our life with, with the connection with good things. Right. Jesus. That part. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he he gave me another chance at life, and I promised him I wouldn't turn back. And I I, I every day I thank mm-hmm. him because of that. Amen. And yeah. I won't turn back. Okay, there, go ahead. There was one thing that you wanted to make sure that you mentioned before we got off the air. Before that, real quick. Okay. And then we'll wrap it up. <clears throat> All right. So when we met was in darkness. The second time we met was in jail. What about the third time we met? And this is like several yeah. long time later. Yeah, it's like this was like a few weeks ago. Yeah, celebrate recovery at the point. Uh, I went, the point. you know, I just there's a theme here. There is. <laughs> yeah, it literally is. Yeah, and and I'm gonna tell you, man, Aubrey Prison and Celebrate Recovery have helped so many people, mm-hmm. and he does it out of the goodness of his heart because he's been there. Yeah, uh, and I love him forever for that. He's and like my a father family, to me, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. What did I... About getting back up. 
Yes, the the whole everything I could say if I could say it to everybody out there. I failed so many times, but I got back up, mm-hmm. and it stuck this time. Yeah, you got to keep getting back. If you fall off, get up. Didn't they write a song about that? I get knocked down. Oh but man, I get up that again. is not. Okay. Yeah, Chumba Wumba. But yep. it, you know, God wants you to get back up. Mm-hmm. You know. Just get back up. God is there. Jesus is there. The people who really love you and pray for you are there. That's right. When right. I when I see people come into a meeting to pick up a white chip um, or to start over, get a surrender chip, whatever, it nothing makes me more grateful. And that shame keeps us out there like everybody's going to judge me. Yeah. They're going to trash talk me. They're going to think I'm weak. But but for those of us who are really in it for the right reason, when I see somebody start over and say, like, hey, I messed up, nothing makes me more grateful yeah. than that. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. so to wrap this up, Robbie, um, you are going to receive the second swag bag. Stacy got the first. Yeah. Get ready. Yep. Stacy and I It's good. Gonna, yeah, it's good. It's, you're going to love oh, it. Yeah. So here we This is what we got for you. This is appropriate. All right. A few weeks ago, we had uh, a guest by the name of Kelly Kay from Kelly Kay Ministries, and he left us some books. So, like, It's a 40-day devotional called, oh, yeah. think about that for a minute. It's a 40-day deal, and it's really good. You're going to look him up on TikTok yes. and uh, YouTube. He's amazing. He speaks our language. Oh, it's autographed. And it's autographed, yeah. <laughs> he signed yeah. it. He signed it. And then we stopped and picked this up for you today. Is it Bed Bath & Beyond? Yes. <laughs> it's you, cucumber melon. Because you smell. My bad. You yeah. Yeah. I got smell. all the cucumber melon vibes You smell sure. horrible. So we okay. Let me see this. Oh, look, they put a straw in there for no, you, too. No, I put that in there. Oh, okay. Oh, I love coffee. Well, you're going to love this cup. <laughs> yes! So what does it say? Tell us what it, it says. It says, uh, stay trashy. Put it, put it up I to the camera. I love that. Put it up to the camera. Stay, stay trashy, trashy with a raccoon, raccoon on it. That should be our exit. <laughs> like, stay trashy. <laughs> yeah, great. Robbie Prayer Cloth. And um, yeah. uh, I started um, calling him that when, when we were uh, doing our Bible studies together. His last name's Fair Cloth. I call him Prayer Cloth. It's even saved in my phone. Is that? Thank you so much for being a guest, man. man. Thank you. You have a powerful testimony. We love what the Lord is doing in your life, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're so very proud of you. How many... Um, you said, uh, I think you said you're 34 months. Uh, let's see here. February 1st and, and that April 1st, yeah. February 1st mm-hmm. will be, uh, 34 months. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. March Congratulations. 11th. Yeah. I'm right there with yeah. I think we got sober at about the same yeah. time because March 11th, I will be, uh, at my three year mark. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited April about it. April the 1st is 36 months. Amen. And that is from the time I smoked a joint at 12 years old till my whole life. Mm-hmm. That is the longest I've, I've being sober i'm right there with you because i started i started drinking with my grandfather when i was 12 and, and at this point in my life in my late 40s this is the longest that i've been without a substance in my body yeah. uh for this long period of time so i'm literally still learning who i not really am yeah you know, so and, uh, <clears throat> yeah man there's victory in jesus victory in sobriety lean on your brothers and sisters of the mm-hmm. church Amen. And, and you know anybody with sober time get with them Get with them, pray with them, pray your way through it. Amen. And don't freak out when the storms come. That's right. It's okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Hit my music. Thank you for joining us.